Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, the American football podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. This is the Preview Crew and I'm your host, Keith McGinty. From all the crew to you and yours, we hope you had a very merry and happy new year. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. In this episode of the Preview Crew, we're looking ahead to the Week 18 matchups where the remaining five playoff positions will be sealed. We'll start with our kickoff question, look over the rest in one, and give our fantasy studs and sleepers. Like a first-choice starting quarterback, crew members have been in short supply due to the holidays, but thankfully, I have some of the finest faces of the franchise here to join me tonight. First up, we have Scud. Wait, it's Dan. He seems the wrong crew member has reported as active. Welcome, Dan. Happy New Year to you, buddy. How are you? Happy New Year, everybody. I'm great, mate. Uh, it's, good. it's good to be back after the break. Um, again, I'm in the wrong box again tonight, so I'm very confused, but we'll run with it. <laughs> we are also joined by Hamilton Owens, Big Chief as well. Um, Studs, how are you, buddy? Yeah, not bad. I, I, to the wee change of top tonight, I didn't think it was right to wear my Pat Mahomes one since he's on rest duty this week and <laughs> my Blaine Gabbert one's in the wash, so I've just went with kind of standard black KC t-shirt tonight. Is that because you're mourning That's the fact that you've not got the Arrowhead Invitational this year? <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure we'll discuss that, but I, um, I do have a point on that. <laughs> T- a tease for right, later, I'll... Dan, a tease for later. Love it. <laughs> Guys, I was totally confused there. We are now live on YouTube, we're live on Twitter, and for the first time for the preview crew, um, we are live on Instagram as well, and I was utterly confused because as I click on live on Instagram, it has like a five second delay, and then the audio from us has gone in there. I don't know how they do it in the, the real telly with the producer speaking in their ears like that. I'm definitely left here, so I've only got one good ear, and uh, that, that was confusing as hell there. But anyway, we're, we're, we're good. We're thing we, hopefully, track. it was totally seamless. Hopefully, <laughs> it was totally seamless. Nobody would have noticed that at all. I'm sure you can make it seamless when you edit it, Keith. Oh, totally, totally. So, this will be available next Tuesday for everyone. <laughs> Right, good. Let's get started. It's been a big day, a big day, busy day. The Pro Bowl um, players have been announced, and there's been a wee bit of debate about who should have and should not have been there. Studs, I'm sure you've got a um, we being your bonnet about one of the players that has been left out, certainly. But I'm looking for you guys then to, to come up with your, your own flag five aside Pro Bowl team from the names that have been announced. Um, so Dan, I'll start with you. Who would you pick for your? Your Pro Bowl team. So what we've got to have what a QB, RB, wide receiver. What about the other two? Linebacker and cornerback. See, I went a wee bit off scale. I just went with who I thought was the best players. This year, who'd make up a, a good team. I've not went with Pro Bowlers because you've not got many to choose from in terms of each position. So I've just took it league wide with mine. So there's probably no surprises who my quarterback is going to be here. But and it's not Dak Prescott because that wouldn't be a surprise. But I went with I went with Justin Herbert as my quarterback. It's a very obvious oh. choice for me. Yeah. Big fan, big uh, fan. He's injured though. Uh, he's injured, but uh, we're a great off-season. For running back, I went with Justin Fields. Uh, sorry, no. Uh, I'm going to be Bijan Robinson as my as my running back. That might surprise a few people because there's obviously a lot of contenders out there. CMC being obvious pick, but uh, Arthur Smith yeah. will certainly be surprised. Yeah, Arthur <laughs> Smith. <will certainly. laughs> we still we still got a game for me. <laughs> he's a receiver. What? <laughs> I know he's a blocking running back. You can't carry the ball. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just uh, we spoke about Bijan before the start of the season. We've not seen a lot of him this year, and we have seen him, he has shown up what he can do. So I've went with Bijan as my running back, wide receiver, one of the breakout players this year. I thought um, very unfortunate to get injured again. There's a lot of obvious picks out there, but I've went with Tank Dell for my wide receiver. I think he's been absolutely outstanding this year. And that injury was just it's just one of those bad luck things that happen when somebody breaks out, it's doing well. Always some something happens, and unfortunately for him this year, it's, it's been that injury. But what a season he has had so far. Yeah. Uh, linebacker, this is an obvious pick, a uh, complete true homer pick. I went with Micah Parsons. Um, I don't think there could have been anybody else in there, to be fair. I know there's a lot of players this year. We spoke on the previous uh, pods about who could be up for defensive player of the year from the linebacker position, but I couldn't not go with a homer pick with that one. Uh, and from a cornerback, there was a few I looked at. I looked at this season only, not who. I feel are, are the best cornerbacks in the the, the league because I could easily went with Trayvon Diggs, but I thought no, yeah, that's one of my best surprise studs a wee bit. But I've went with Trent McDuffie as my cornerback. Mm. So there you go. So Justin Herbert, Bijan Robinson, Tank Dell, Micah Parsons, Trent McDuffie. There's my five. It's a pretty good season to be fair. McDuffie, he's, he's had a good year. He has. Um, that's dynasty team. That one. That's it. You're thinking of the future as well for that that that's team that. there. Studs, what about yourself? What did you go for? Again, when we're talking the positions, there's quite a few I could have went very easily homer picks. Um, so I've I've tried to avoid the, the obvious ones because normally QB, I would go Pat Mahomes and things like that. So I'm not going to do that. I've tried to kind of go a wee bit out of the box. If you're doing kind of flag football five-a-side type thing, you're looking for a running... Uh, sorry, probably tells you who I'm going to go for when I say running back <laughs> rather than quarterback, to be honest. <laughs> You're looking for somebody that's mobile. I'm going Lamar Jackson. He's had a crack season this year with the Ravens. I stick on for the MVP, I think, especially since it is a QB driven award. And I think yeah. he's the obvious choice at, at QB for me there. Um, running back, I was kind of torn to go homer because I think Pacheco has had a great year this year. Um, and he's looked good out of the backfield. He's probably been our most effective offensive weapon. Um, when he's been fully fit this year and the sheer fact that there's so many memes about him as a cartoon runner um, has just made me chuckle this week <laughs> after that breakout run where he just tries to get even faster um, the other one I did consider was Saquon Bartley again, dual threat out the backfield good runner and probably goes against the grain for Dan to admit that he's a good player when he's fit but <laughs> I, I, where he's fat. I think that's kind of what made me lean to Pacheco rather than Bartley. So far, we've not really seen injuries for Pacheco. He's been quite lucky in that front. I think it's been a concussion when he get need off his own player. Yeah, well, the other thing to remember with Bar- Barkley is that it's a, it's a contract season. That's that's what he's playing for. He's, he's, he's playing for a fair deal, is what he says the, um, yeah. today. So, yeah. yeah. Just, just I, um, I think... Pacheco for a second there. They should make, they should make a Space Jam 3. And make it NFL related. Pacheco would be in there with all the cartoon characters. <laughs> I would. I would. Hey, listen, you've got me sold. I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd love it. Fantastic. Um, fantastic. Wide, wide receiver. There's really. I actually thought Dan was going to um, probably use MBS. this when he started talking about. Uh, <laughs> I need something <laughs> that can catch. Uh, the, the obvious choice for me is um, that man up in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson. He's just yeah. ridiculous. He really is. Um, I, I don't really, I'm not even going to speak any more on him because he's just frightening. So he'd be my, my wide receiver. Linebacker, um, again, thinking of somebody that's had a, a disruptor 
he's had a great season again, and he's probably had a great season every year since he was the number one pick by the Cleveland Browns. It's got to be Miles Garrett. You just mm. literally stand behind that. He'd get him to take his top off and stand behind him, and nobody would come near you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then for cornerback, he might have been left out of the Pro Bowl and made an alternate, but he's not getting left out of my flag football team, and that's Lajarius Sneed. He's just been locking people down. Um, you look at the receivers he's faced this year, Diggs, Adams, these guys, and they've all had their probably, I think, roughly their season lows when they've come up against them. Um, yeah. And that's not a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, for myself, uh, that great choices, mate. Great choices. For myself, I think I'd have to go for Tua. Really enjoyed watching the the Finns, especially early season tour. Um, when everyone was doubting him, it was good to see that he's what was it Taekwondo or something he was doing in the off season to make sure that when he fell, he was falling correctly. Was he going? So that's it. Yeah, it wasn't going to damage himself anymore, and it came out of the the traps flying. So definitely a bit of a tour for me there. For my wide receiver, I'm going to go for Jamar Chase. Uh, I know what you were saying about JJ; he's been terrific, but I thought I think Chase is. Some of the catches that he's made, and uh, aye, no chase for me. Aye, so his mouth gets a bit too Allen. much trouble for me. Aye, Jamar Chase. He, he, he likes to talk before they, they play the Chiefs, and it never really works out well for him. Uh, Keenan Allen's had another great year. Mary Cooper's doing brilliant as well, but I think I'll, I'll go for Chase for me. Um, for my running backs, then I don't know who we got. Raheem Mostert again. I'm sounding like an absolute fans. Um, <laughs> fanboy here. Most of us done great. Was it 20, 21 uh, touchdowns that he's had this season? Guy's been 20 terrific. plus anyway. I know he had 20 the other week. I can't remind if he's scored since then, but he's definitely on 20 at least. Uh, for your lineman then, he's just so intimidating and I would hate to play against him. I hate it whenever it comes up against my team. Max Crosby. Um, we saw in quarterback Patrick Mahomes talking about him and how he always try to get people on side, try to um, be nice to the, the guys that is going to like, try and get him. Max Crosby was not faced by him at all. So, yeah, Max Crosby will take him and then just finish it off with, I'm going to, I'm sticking to the AFC for the, this lot here. I'm going to stick with Pat Sertain um, for the Broncos. Really starting to come onto a game. Everybody wrote them off really, really early on in the, in the season, but they seem to be Really getting the act together. Um, so, aye, certain I big thought, fan. I think he's. I thought he'd have went Wallerspin. Well. So that's well, what I thought he was going there as well. He's had a good. I season. hadn't scrolled down that far. I hadn't scrolled down that far. <laughs> he's been brilliant. He's been brilliant um, as well, especially rookie season for him as well. So um, he's really lived up to expectations. But that's maybe something that we could be. We can go on to just now. When we, now we're going to have a wee discussion about the playoff picture and all the different permutations that are going to be happening this weekend, the final weekend of the regular season in the NFL. If you have any questions or any comments that you'd like to ask, you can fire them into us. We'll be able to pick them up and get them asked. I uh, can ask the, the crew guys. So we've got plenty of people um, listening, watching on X, on Instagram, on YouTube get involved with the crew. We're always delighted to get um, hear from you guys as well. So, confirmed. In the AFC, there are one, two, three, four places that have been cemented, been sealed so far. The Ravens uh, is the number one. They get the bye. Number two is the Dolphins. Number three is the Chiefs. Number five is the Browns. And the NFC, we've got five teams that have cemented the place. 
number one seed, and again getting their, their bye um, for the first round of games is the 49ers. Second um, seed there is the Cowboys. Then number three, we've got the Lions. Number five, we've got the Eagles. And number six is the LA Rams, which I've got to be honest, I'm I'm really, really surprised that Sean McVay has managed to get them in there. They have just drafted so, so well. Um, some of the players that they've managed to, to have breakout seasons with have really just forced them into the playoffs. And the fact that they're not waiting um, on the final matches to get into there and they've actually done it with a week to spare is it's incredible credit to to Sean McVay. Uh, Aye, absolutely brilliant. Dan, what do you make of the, the teams that have made it so far, that have clinched their playoff spots? Any surprises there? But I mentioned the Rams here. Any other surprises? To me, no, because if anybody that listened a few weeks ago, I tipped the Rams to get in. So I <laughs> um, also tipped another team again who are still in its intention, which we'll come to in a minute. But um, looking at the teams that are in, the Browns probably have surprised people, I think. I think well, we've spoken a lot about the Browns, obviously, with Brian being a Browns fan, but Probably a lot of people out there will be surprised with the Browns because of obviously what happened with the Bengals this year. Um, yeah. But even with taking the Bengals out of the equation, for the Browns to go 11-5, and five, that's a phenomenal season for them. Not just getting to the playoffs, but getting to the playoffs with an 11-5 and five record. Um, yeah. That's a phenomenal season for them. And looking at the record, if it wasn't for the fact that the Ravens were in their division, they could be looking at the number two seed. That's uh, that's crazy chat if you look at that from a Browns point of view, do you know what I mean? So... Um, yeah, Especially so. with the injuries they've had at, at quarterback, to find that diamond in Joe Flacco. Don't know if anyone's ever heard of this yeah. guy before. <laughs> no, hey, I mean, get him into Nick the team. Job. That's terrific. Yeah. Nick Chubb getting out early was obviously a, a bit of a blow for him as well. But Jerome Ford's just stepped in. We can't say he's done as good as Chubb would have done, but he's done a phenomenal job for him this season, and it's kept it going. And as you mentioned, Keith, about uh, the fantasy in the flag but there Amari Cooper just stepped up especially the last few weeks I mean what was it 260 odd yards that week or something like that something stupid yeah unfortunately um, yes <laughs> <laughs> I played uh, with fantasy that so, week so I <laughs> I think I think looking at looking at the teams that are, are and people probably look at that and I think the Browns and the Rams are probably the two surprises in terms of who is in there at the moment um to answer your original question uh, what about yourself studs any surprises there the for Lions me, last got... year, they, they, they helped the, the Seahawks out. No, it went down to the last game of the season. They beat the, the Packers, beat the, the Packers mm-hmm. um, to, to help squeeze the Seahawks into the, the playoffs. We didn't really do much. It was a, a flux season for us. Um, but they're in, and the Seahawks yeah. are still languishing, but we're relying on other people now, and we'll get to that in a, rely- in a We'll bit. get to that in a minute, and who you're relying on and who against again, but um, I think yeah. the Lions were kind of everybody's sort of pre-season darling. I think everybody expected them to take the take the North is in the NFC, so I think yeah. from that perspective, it's no surprise they were in there. I think probably their record maybe is a slight surprise, um, how well they have done. Um but I, I'm with that. I think you're looking at the Browns and the Rams are really the obvious ones. I think the Dolphins being in there as um, I don't think it's a shock to make the playoffs. I think 
again, the fact that they've led the AFC East for so long, I think everybody thought it's still Buffalo's time, the Dolphins will finish setting and they'll get in as a wild card. Um, was probably the way most folk were looking at it. So, for, albeit that could still be the way it goes at the weekend, um, which again we'll probably cover soon as well. But I think the Dolphins having led the AFC East for me oh, pretty much all year has been a bit of a surprise. What do you mean, Studs? You mean that the Jets are only going to win the AFC East? Does that know what the chat was all off season? Does that go? <laughs> Depends on who you were speaking to, I think. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I think a lot of people maybe thought the AFC East could could be like the AFC North and have three three contenders yeah. in there this year. Um, but nah, as I say, I th- that that for me, I think the obvious ones are the Browns and the Rams. Um, can I state them up? I say it could be the curse of the hard knocks um, with the Dolphins. They've not been really in, in loads of form. We're start, they're starting to get injuries just now. Um, I think most of it's going to miss out this weekend. But again, they've clinched their place, so they can afford to do that. But um, it could be that that, that hard knocks curse um, that's battered the, the Jets at the very start of the season, then the mid-season. Now the, the Finns actually feel that a wee bit there. So I think most of those teams that you would expect to be in the, the postseason anyway, um, I think that's, that's fair enough. Well, let's have a wee look then at the teams that are in the, the hunt then. For the AFC, you've got for the three available places just now in pole position for them is the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts for the NFC. Two more positions available and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers who have... Um, the, the, the pole positions the, they're kind of in the lead that's within their grasp those spots there currently the Packers I'm really really surprised that the Packers again I think we all thought that this was going to be a, just a rebuild season just to uh, let Love really find his feet but he has found his feet and he's he's playing well and that young young team I think they're the youngest squad in the the NFL are really starting to show a wee bit of maturity there, and they're really, really like, heading into the, the the end of the season and possibly the off season at the right time. We a good bit of form, eight and eight they are. What about yourself, Dan? What are we thinking then? So Jags, Bills, Colts, Bucks, and Packers. Let's talk about the Jags then first, because yeah. they don't really seem to be wanting to make it to the postseason. That yeah. really just collapsing in themselves and T-Laws get injured um, players just aren't really stepping up in the way that we'd hoped that this season would do for them Yeah, but yeah, I think the, the Jags obviously, they, they got off to a decent start and everybody thought they, they led the division for most of the season um, I actually think they might miss out mm-hmm. um, I think um, just I'm just looking at the, the clinching scenarios now for them so they play they play the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So I, I predicted the Colts and the Texans both to get in, but now they're both playing each other. We can't both get in. So that kind of screws that one up. <laughs> um, so the Jags, the Jags win, they win the division. Um, if they tie, they need Pittsburgh to lose or tie. So um, yeah. So if Jacksonville loses, I think they're out because either the Texans or the Colts will get in because they play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so Titans have been a bit hot and cold this season um, so I don't know what Titans are going to turn up but 
Um, I, I think the Jags miss out. I think they've just had a slide at the wrong time of the season. Um, and I, yeah, I'm going to say Jags miss out. I think getting in, I think the, obviously the one of the Texans or the Colts is going to be the team that replaces them. I hope it's the Texans. I've been, I've loved watching the Texans this season, what they've done. Um, CJ Stroud, obviously, but I guess I just realized I was reading something earlier on this game on Saturday. They're playing late UK time on Saturday night, they're playing the mm-hmm. Sunday morning football effectively. It's his first prime time TV game for CJ Stroud this season. He's not been on prime time TV this year. Um, so wow. I've loved watching them this season. So I'm hoping I want the Jags to lose, Texans to win, the Texans to get into the playoffs would be what I would like to see. Um, huh? from that, Bills, maybe I think. I'm sticking with the, the, the Jags and studs anything. Oh, right. oh, yeah. And no, no, and you can you can see from them that they could maybe get this uh, this this win that they need. I think the positive from their perspective is the fact that Trevor Lawrence is trending in the right direction and they're obviously they're trying to they've activated the window for uh, Christian Kirk to come off the IR. Yeah. Um they look a better team when Christian Kirk's on the field. Everybody thought it was going to be Calvin Ridley. Um, yep. It was going to step up, but Christian Kirk's certainly been the wide receiver one for them. And when he's missing, um, they just don't look like the same team effectively. So I think that's kind of where they're having to lead on. I think Dan's point about what, ta- what Tennessee is going to turn up is um, is going to be interesting. I know I've I seen Mike Vrabel's interview earlier on in the week where he was asked about. Do they play? Does he something along the lines of do they, does he think his players will take it easy, or what's his motivation for this week? Something along those lines, and he turned around and told the reporters that well, it sucks to lose, so he's definitely going to win. Uh, to be honest, so I, I, the, the Titans just haven't really looked great this year. Um, for me, mm-hmm. Derek Henry looks to have slowed down. Um, I've made that point kind of clear in, in our chat, in our WhatsApp groups, that I don't think Derek Henry, on the eye test certainly, hasn't looked like the same um, punishing running back that we've seen. Uh, Taji yeah. Spears has actually looked like a better option than him, to be honest. So I I, th- I think the Jags are just going to have too much for the Titans. I think I think the Jags are going to stay in. Um I'm with Dan as well. I would also like to see the Texans beat the Colts. Um, not nothing against Gardner Minshew, but I just think CJ Stroud is a more exciting prospect in the playoffs than uh, Gardner Minshew led Indianapolis Colts. Um, the one I'm looking forward to seeing, and, uh, and again, I know we spoke about this earlier today, is I'm actually cheering the Bills. Um, for a, for a change, I want to see the Bills beat the Dolphins just so as we can see Tyreek back at Arrowhead because um, he was bitching and oh. that earlier in the season. The fact that the Chiefs put them in Germany so as they didn't need to play at Arrowhead, well, they wouldn't have a choice in that scenario. So it would be good to see him back there and watch Lajare Sneed absolutely lock him down again. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Um, he said that, but yeah, eventful week as well. His house um, went up <laughs> in flames. Yeah, I don't know. Mistreating. I seen that, and he's had that a bit on as well, which seems to be. I think that is just um, protocol. Somebody had said about the, the the Miami Dolphins. If you ever get a wee injury, they'll just put the boot on just to 
make sure that you don't aggravate it further. So it doesn't mean that he's going to be struggling or maybe not make the game this weekend or make the games that are ahead invitational, as you as you mentioned. Um, it was expected to practice in full, but with a, a phone call to say about his house being on fire, so he left the facility, needless to say, because I think some of his family members were still in the house when the fire had started, so he had to leave. I hope they do like registers and head counts for all the babies that he's got, like, kicking about. And... Uh-huh. Well, that was the joke I'd made earlier on. Was it set be his, one of his baby, alleged baby mamas, or was it set be his wife when she found out about the baby mamas? <laughs> no. Absolutely. Again, hard knocks. He was meant to have settled down this year as well, yeah. eh? He's uh, his new uh, wife, uh, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. Current wife. So, uh, <laughs> Jags, who we got? Jags, Bills, Colts then in the pole position. Bills. Right, let's talk about this Bills window. Because we keep shutting it, and every time we shut it, they keep prying their fingers underneath and wedging it open that wee bit more. Are they coming hot at the right time? What's it? The four and oh since the it was leaked about um yeah, Al Qaeda motivational speech. They gave it what a team they guys are. Eh? <laughs> Just keep going relentless. Four and oh though, that's that's what you need, especially at this time of year, and this yeah. is what getting hot at the right time. Um, yeah. what do you think, Danny? The Bills are they going to make a, a mug of us? Uh, yes, and no. I still believe the Super Bowl window is closed. I, I think that the, the chance of winning the Super Bowl, I think, is still gone. They are going to make the playoffs, obviously. Um, yeah, you see, they've hit, they've hit form at the right time. I think I'm going to go with studs on this one. I think the Bills will beat the Dolphins. Um, I have a start with a couple of staff I was reading earlier on. Where did they go? Um, sorry, because I said. Uh, the Bills have won ten of the last game, eleven games against the Dolphins. So, um, and obviously they spanked them earlier in the season when the Dolphins were flying, and the Bills were not doing as well as they could do. They beat mm-hmm. forty-eight twenty. The it Dolphins even were they were full strength at that point as well. Uh, the Dolphins were flying. The Dolphins were playing at their best, and they were battling teams left, right, and center. Was that not like was that the week after? The, I think it was the week after the seventy. And then the, the Bills just kind of spanked them a bit, do you know what I mean? So the Bills are hitting form at 100% the right time. Um, going into the playoffs, this is exactly when you want to be hitting form. I think the Dol- I think the Bills win. I think Studs gets his wish and he gets Tyreek at, at Arrowhead. See, I say the Bills hitting form. The only, out of the four games they've won, the only one I think they've looked good in is the one against the Cowboys. Yeah. I don't think the Bills have looked good. Uh, you've I, I, you've I, got to just beat who's in front of you, though. That's the thing, isn't it? And I, it's the, down. For, for me, I felt they were lucky to beat us again. And I know I've said that a couple of times. It was the same with the Eagles for me. The Eagles were lucky to beat us <laughs> as well. Everybody was lucky to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions. <laughs> the Lions were, were lucky to beat us as well. The only <laughs> one that was the lucky was the Broncos, right? The Broncos won. They absolutely towed us. We were dog shit that day. Um, what about the Browns? <laughs> They've not played the they Browns this year. Well, they were lucky. I'm thinking back. I'm like, last time we played them, it was the helmet to helmet that Brian <laughs> is adamant. But no, I don't think the Bills have looked great, to be honest, other than, I th- don't get me wrong, again, take nothing away. That, that performance against the Cowboys, they were superb. There was nothing, nothing you could do about that. What I find interesting and again, I think it'll be interesting in the next couple of weeks, as if Stephon Diggs stays quiet. 
um, because he has, for the last eight weeks, um, I've actually got his stats here. So he's receiving yards over. Um, so from the Broncos game, you've got receiving yards, 34 yards, 27 yards, 74 yards against the Eagles. Then he went and by, then it was 24 yards against us, 48 against the Cowboys, 29 against the Chargers, and 26 against the Patriots. Now, his targets in the last few weeks have come down from the one against us. He got 11 targets against us. He's then went 5-8-7. So he's not getting utilised in the offence as much as what he was. And for somebody like Stephon Diggs, who literally throws his toys at the pram at the slightest wee thing, He's yeah. not going to accept that. That he's not going to accept that James Cook's now the focal point of this offense, and and again, it's coincided with the change in offensive coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamic. Is Diggs going to be a good team player and sit there quiet and accept this role where he's not going to be the focal point, or is he going to start throwing the toys at the pram and maybe be a bit of poison in the in the changing room? Jeez, I just see on Stephen Diggs's point. I've just literally just pulled up his stats here. He's actually he's just under 1,100 yards for the season. He's actually yeah. averaging he's 100, 100 catches, so he's averaging, what, 11 yards a catch. He's not getting used as much as we'd expect, but that, I, I've been the same as you. I've been like, he's basically not done anything, but over 1,000 yards isn't too bad for, for not being used. His mm-hmm. first six or seven games is what really inflates it, though, because yeah. you look at his first six or seven games in is it one, two, three, four, five, six, First six games, five of them were over 100 yards. Half his total in the first five games. Yeah, no, 100% yeah. agree with you. He's just been completely underutilised. Well, has he been underutilised or the Bills just moved away from a throwing game? Yeah. I mean, I think that's They've got Josh Allen that they can rely on as well, making things happen. But they also had players like Gabe Davis, who's got 746 yeah. yards. Uh, for 45 receptions this year. He's really... It came out... People, he's a, everybody loves him, but he really has contributed uh, a fair bit this, this year. Plus, they've been like, focusing on... Uh, they've got Duncan Kincaid that's really starting to step up a wee bit there as well. A couple of their running backs too. So, it's not really just been digs. I think he, I think he would like it to be like... Um, Right, the Vikings, but it's just Justin to Jefferson, really. It's, it's a, he's a, the main focal point. But there's so many other weapons in that Bills team, and they're, they're a hard-to-beat team. For all they've had so many defensive injuries this season, they're still a tough, tough team uh, to, to battle that you have to really, really work hard if you're going to get something. Um, um, James Cook is, really came onto a game. That's what Dick's had in Minnesota. Is he was the focal point. He was yeah. the only wide receiver. And he was moaning about it, and that's why he got traded to the Bills. If I'm the Bills and they start moaning, I look to trade him to somewhere like Carolina. Let him see how he goes with Bryce Young throwing him. Um, <laughs> and again, no disrespect to Bryce Young, but we've not really seen anything from him spectacular yet, as opposed to CJ no. Stroud, who's looked like a superstar. Um, so if he is going to bump his gums about it, then call his bluff. Send him to the Giants. <laughs> I was going to say, who, who is their wide receiving course? Saquon Barkley and Aaron Waller. Aaron <laughs> Waller, right, that's it. Very good, very good. Um, what about then, flipping over to the NFC, Bucks and Packers. Baker are big fans of Baker and the, the crew, of course. Um, I think we're just delighted to see him happy and settled. He's, he's had such an up-and-down career. 
I think it was O'Brien had pointed out that he has a hot season and a cold season. So yeah. this is his hot, hot, hot season. It it really made the the Bucks forget about um moving on from uh, Tom Brady, which was was a massive hole to fill and he's got that wee bit of arrogance about him that he can go there. Maybe it's naivety, but he's went and he's performed and the fact that they are so close, they've got a 63% chance of uh, getting actually into the playoffs according to next-gen stats. That's that's terrific and not just on him, but he's got a good core of players and a good defence. Yeah. But the Bucks were the team that many were, were expecting to be an absolute tyre fire at the start of the season. I think quite a few of the crew here, we had said so as well. For them to be 8-8 eight and eight and first in the NFC South, not the strongest divisions, of course, but it's... Um, it's, it's testament to Baker that they've managed to just push themselves ahead of the rest of the, the crap there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting the fact that three teams can still win that division and you're going to... I suppose the AFC South's the same, essentially, as well. In the fact you'll get yep. three teams could win that division. It must be something about the Souths. But, I it's... Again, you're looking at this year with the, with the Bucks and the start of the show, for me, has been Mike Evans again. Rashad White's looked good in the receiving game as well, but again, you're yep. talking about Mike Evans, another thousand yard season, um, thirteen touchdowns so far this year, out of contract as well this season. So I believe there's a flight leaving for Tampa Bay to Kansas City for him if he wants to replace MVS. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll fly over to Kansas and I'll drive MVS down to Tampa myself to swap him. <laughs> Um, but I've got I, to ask I, if you've got to grease his uh, grease his palm with something, but I think they've done enough of that. And you see, you want a bit of stick him on his gloves or something like that, rather than greasing them <laughs> any further. <laughs> um, but yeah. now, nah, Mike Evans is Baker. Baker's obviously been great. Mike Evans needs somebody to throw throw the ball to him as well. But I think the sheer fact he's got that reliable target in Evans um, has has been superb for Baker. Yeah, Baker's Baker should. Hit a four thousand yards this weekend. Wow! He needs 90, 96 yards or something, like 90, 90 odd yards to break four thousand yards this season. I mean, I think you go back to you said Keith about replacing Tom Brady. I think, I think that it sounds like that actually helped him. I think, I think it took the pressure mm-hmm. off him because it's like nobody can replace Tom Brady. Blah blah blah. And I think, and that's exactly what's happening. It's took the pressure off him, and he's basically just played his game, and it and it's worked. He's also had something to prove as well, which I think has really helped him because he was a, a joke figure last season. Um, and I think even just getting those those wee bumps where he, he went to the Rams, learned the... Well, I think he learned the playbook, but he, he did enough so that when he came in and he did that drive to win the game for them in his first game, he didn't really... He wasn't hanging about there, but I think to see those wee bits of quality, to see that he had still had that, um, which people had kind of forgot about because of just how badly he'd done when he was with the Browns and when he'd moved on. It's just, I think he needed those wee, wee boosted confidence and to go to somewhere that people weren't expecting that a team to do well, like the Bucks, and then for the... Because they've always had a, a good defence and that was always the thing about them, that somewhere that they could build up. You've got Evans that he's, he's always able to rely on. He needed somewhere like that. Just a, a happy home and we're delighted for him. And listen, I'm I'm rooting for the, the Bucks to get in there. 
Um, they are, of course, playing the Carolina Panthers um, for yeah. Week 18. That's a tough game for them. <laughs> yeah, wonder I how much tickets have gone for for that one. The Bucks are in. The Bucks are definitely. I mean, I think at the start of the season we all said that both, like you mentioned, studs, both South divisions were looked like dumpster fires. We just couldn't. You could have picked straws for who was going to win those both divisions, and it's turned out we come to the last game of the season, we still don't know who's winning them, which is pretty much par for the course. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I just like at the end, he's on track for his best uh, season of his career. Break, he'll break four thousand yards. Uh, he's on twenty-eight touchdowns, chance of getting thirty touchdowns up. He's 28 is already the highest he's ever had in a season. Uh, highest percentage completions as well. Everything this season is his best season of his career. What a season he can affect to, to, to play like this. I think it's no surprise that he's behind a strong, solid O line as well. Obviously, Brady built that O line to keep him to keep him upright. Um, he mm-hmm. probably had a good say in who was coming in and the likes of Tristan Wirfs and things like that. Mm. Um, so I think the fact that Baker's getting allowed that time. And again, don't get me wrong, the Browns' offensive line wasn't a bad one, and I think he's seen what he could do in Cleveland when he did get, get when he wasn't injured or given, and he was given that time, and then they sold the sofa. Uh, he who shall not be named. Um, so Baker had to find somewhere else to go. Um, but I think you see the fact that he's getting allowed time to pick his passes, scan the field, and when you give him that protection, he's actually proving that he's a more than serviceable quarterback. He's he's doing really well, and now nah, fair play to Baker. Just going back to the Bucks receivers for a quick second, Keith. Sorry, I remember yeah, yeah. we done a pod earlier in the season. I can't remember what week it was we done, and I made pulled out a start that surprised everybody that Chris Godwin had more targets than Mike Evans at that point in the season. Um, and I remember I talked about it at the time. Since then, they're basically level seventy six and seventy seven receptions each. Right, Mike Evans is on one, two, three, three on seventy six receptions. Chris Godwin's only nine seven three. So Godwin, I don't know what's happened with him this season. He just doesn't seem to be around. Nine hundred seventy yards is he'll do much. Sounds a bit daft, but from what you've seen from them as a pair in the past, it seems like Evans has stepped up again this year to, to get the bucks, like you said. So looking at it, bucks winning their end, but let's have a wee look now at the the teams that are just on the very outside the edge on the bubble. It's called, and um, they're on the outside, just looking in, envious at the teams that are in a, a better position of. Uh, of them. In the AFC, you've got the Texans, who I would say we're, we're rooting for. The, the story with Demeco Ryan's going back to his old team and really transforming them from what has been an absolute dumpster fire for the past five years, even longer. Coach of the year. Um, it's <laughs> been absolutely terrific. It's great to see. Great to see. So, Texans, yeah, can see a wee bit of uh, uh, cheering for them this weekend. You've got the Steelers as well. We've got a uh, chance, a low probability there. If they win, they've got a, a 63% of getting in um, and they're playing the Baltimore Ravens, who of course have clinched the title and will be resting players this weekend. For the NFC, um, my own Seattle Seahawks, um, actually another that's in the hands of other teams uh, for the NFC West for us. Which is, I've got to say, I'm quite disappointed in. Um, our record is 8-8. Eight and eight. This is year two with quite a lot of good young players making the most of the, the rush trade. I, I think we should have been building on what we did last year and actually be a wee bit more comfortable than, than what we are going into the last week again. But it's out of our hands. We are playing the, the cards um, this weekend. So, again, not an easy game there, there. Played so well, James Connor's just been terrific um, for them. So, hi, tricky one. 
You also have the Saints, uh, Vikings, and the Falcons. So the NFC South um, really, really is like dominating what's what's going to happen this weekend. Who's going to any one of those teams really could go through? It's it's, it's amazing to see. Um, where will we start then? Texans we've mentioned a wee bit already. Steelers, um, wow, nine and seven, yep. another winning season there. That's that's yep. to be commended. Pretty impressive there. What do you think of that one, Dan? Mike Tomlin, uh, that's one I, I, I hot take I put at the start of the season that's come back and bite me in the arse, to be fair. I predicted with the way the, the Steelers were looking at Mike Tomlin to get his first losing season. Um, it's obviously not happened, but um, no. for stages of the season, it looked like it was a possibility, but they've seemed to have just picked up a couple of key wins at, at key times. Looking at the Steelers, and this has come back to comes back to the Jags. Um, that's what impacts on the Steelers here. The Jags, the Jags lose, and the Steelers win. The Steelers are in. Um, that is literally their their, their way into the playoffs. Um, I'll pull it back up again. Um, or if Houston and Indy tie, or there's so many fucking weird permutations. But basically, what the Steelers really need is for them to win, and either Buffalo to lose or Jacksonville to lose. And that gets them in. Um, yeah, I see they've got seven different. Ones, but... uh, they've got seven different permutations that, that could happen for the the Steelers to gain, but it's really yeah. and it's not in their hands. No. Do you think they've focused not. a wee bit too much on this uh, this winning record over the the years? It's uh, all very I good. I think what is it twenty years? I think the record's twenty one. Um. Would you rather they had a couple of seasons where they really went for it and maybe get absolutely battered and ended up with better draft picks? Yeah, you, so that uh, they can make that push. Yeah, you need that winning record to get into the playoffs, so it's not really a case of making a deal of the winning record. You need to have it, but the, the problem they've got is they don't have the talent to, to push further on where they are. I mean, quarterback, raid receiver, they've, I mean, obviously they've kind of picked up on you, but running backs has probably been their best offensive players this year, but they just don't have the weapons to push on to that next level where we've seen the Steelers in the past. Um, I think the Steelers, with the way their season's set up in terms of players, they'll be delighted if they get into the playoffs. That'll be, I think that'll be a huge achievement for the Steelers this year, them where they're at in terms of rebuilding and stuff like that. I think I think it's a... Uh, if they get in, I think they'll deserve it because obviously they'll, they'll get there and pick up the wins, but... Um, I don't think they're anywhere near the level of being able to step up and go go higher than that yet. Um, if they do make it in, uh, studs, do you think uh, they should all be wearing big t-shirts that say "Thank you, Matt Canada" for being <laughs> such a an inspirational figure for them? Because since he's <laughs> left, they've really really picked up. I think they've got the some of their highest scores scoring wins that they've they've had in a long long time. Um, I they really. Have needed just this wee jolt, and it seems that it's something that's it's happened. That that record was looking a wee bit shaky. Dan was getting a wee bit uh, itching for it to to fall through for them, but again, they pulled it off. I, I think it'd be forty to the kicker Chris Boswell in his court saying it's not because of you um, on the t-shirts <laughs> exactly. rather than anything else as he was walking in the changing room. Um, but no, see for me. I've got two words about the Steelers and in the playoffs, and that's Mason Rudolph. Do you really want to see Mason Rudolph in the playoffs? Now, if you're that number two seed, the answer is of course. 
anybody <laughs> else is absolutely not. I'm, I'm sorry. Mason Rudolph in the playoffs does not excite me in the slightest. Um, so, don't get me wrong, Dan did. My ears pricked up a wee bit there when they said if Buffalo lose and the Steelers win, then the Steelers get in. Again, I wouldn't be sad to see Buffalo out of the playoffs because I don't... I, and probably down to the injuries that they've had in defence more than anything else. Yeah. I think Buffalo's going to go one and done in the playoffs anyway. Um, so, for that perspective, but I, I really don't want to see Mason Rudolph in the playoffs in terms of the Steelers. Yeah, great. Mike Tomlin's had another one in season. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, two very, very good, a very good tandem of running backs that they've got there. And um, they do seem to complement each other so well. Warren seems to be more elusive. Najee Harris is more like the hammer um, for that perspective. But when you've got people like Pickens who isn't going to block for his running back, but he's quite happy to receive the ball, those kind of things, that's not something I want to see in the playoffs. I, I want to see teams that I want to be there. Teams like your Texans, who you can tell are playing for their coach. They are, yeah. They've bought into his philosophy. They are all working for each other. They do have a very much an X-man-up mentality. You've seen Noah Brown step up when Tank Dells went down. You've seen Devin Singletary um, come alive in the second half of yep. the season when Damien Pierce has been absolute dug meat um, in their defence. Will Anderson's just been a revelation as well. So the Cardinals are going to be kicking themselves at that one probably for years to come. Um, <laughs> the fact that they've traded out of that, uh, that pick. So... I'd rather see teams that are going to work hard for their coach and work hard for their teammates be there than what I've seen for certain Steelers players this year. And then, obviously, the QB situation again. See, do you want to see CJ Stroud? Do you want to see Mason Rudolph? There's an obvious answer there. Yeah. To be fair to, to Tomlin, he stood up for pickings. Um, after that, those images of him not blocking and as he mentioned, he didn't want a Tank Dell type injury. Uh, did he, didn't, didn't want to get injured the following week. He got that what, 40 billion yard uh, touchdown, uh, 100, 150 yard game, couple of touchdowns and stuff. I mean, listen, that's great. The, the best response I've heard about the question on that block came from Jalen Warren himself when he was asked if um, what he thought about George Pickens not blocking for him. And Warren just quietly simply said, Well, I would have blocked for him. Now, that's the teammate you want, yeah. You, yes. You need to forget these guys, and I get injuries will happen at any time. But he's, ah, it just, it's, ah, it was just ugly. <laughs> it's good to see the spirit of uh, Chase Claypool um, still lives on in the, the Steelers area. Looks like crazy drunk guy. Out. Here, here's, a, here's, a, here's a scenario for you guys. So right? the Steelers are getting hammered, right? The Jaguars are getting hammered. The Colts and the Texans are tied. Got a two minute warning. The games stay how they are. Coach the Texans going to the playoffs. So if they, tie if they finish a tie, the Jags and Steelers lose. Both the Colts and the Texans go in. Wow, do they just be a, do they just do a Denmark, Sweden, and just not do anything for two minutes? <laughs> Rush up, just to keep punting for two minutes. You have it. No, you have it. No, you have it. No, you have it. No, you have it. <laughs> who, who was it that that happened? Oh, Raiders, Chargers. Where they, they were tying in overtime in the last game of the season. I think was it last year or the year before? And they were both getting into the playoffs and Brandon Staley tried to get a touchdown. 
so the Raiders come back and went, oh, is that right? And then Derek Carr went and scored, set up a field goal or scored a touchdown. Um, the Raiders were quite happy to let it go and go, well, we've both qualified. Let's just keep going back and forth and not getting anywhere. But as soon as Brad Staley tried to be a dick about it, the Raiders went, oh, okay. <laughs> I would love that. I would love to see the Colts and the Texans both in the playoffs. I think the two, two you, what you mentioned, Stud, that is two teams that are playing for their head coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the two of them in the playoffs. I, I don't, I kind of see it happening. It's just that's a ridiculous scenario to see happening. But as NFL and stupid things have happened before, so you never know. But yeah, that I that's think. the the only reason I bring it up is the fact that that Raiders and Chargers one. It might have been two seasons ago. Um, was happening, and the two of them were tying in overtime, and it was going to finish a tie. Um, by by all accounts, because nobody was getting the ball moving in offense, and I think they went for it in fourth down or something like that, and that just. Oh set the Raiders off so but um on the AFC side Keith you realize that the Packers are actually uh, sorry the Seahawks are looking for the Packers to lose again to set you in so they're looking at the Bears doing them a favor rather than the Lions this time well see that's the the thing that I'm thinking with the Aaron Rodgers being away now is this the the time for for Fields to claim Lambo for himself um, is he going to stay um, at Soldier Field next season? I've seen it was uh, the Commanders have opened discussions with the Bears about the number one pick that they have through the Panthers. Oh. Yeah. So I'll be it'll be interesting. I, I I can see I can see a wee upset there. I can see the Bears going there. With nothing to lose. I mentioned earlier on the Packers with the left field pick that I had a few weeks ago. Packers were nowhere near the playoff. Well, they were nowhere near. They were, in the, they were on the bubble somewhere. And I just yeah. told them, I, thought, I think the Packers will make it. And I, I still think they'll make it. And I think, uh, I don't think the Packers will let it slide at this point. I think they'll just... Um, now that, now it's in their control. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it is at Lambeau, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. it is. I, I, I think, I think... Bears at Packers, are, I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, think, that, I, I think the Packers, I think the Packers win. Um, and again, they're another team that have kind of just started picking up wins at this the, the right point of the season. Jordan Love started coming up a bit for me, probably showing the quarterback every thought the Packers were getting. Um, he's kind of starting the shot, but you said Keith earlier on the show, it's the, the, the weapons he's got around about him, the youth that they've got. That is a team that is, if Jordan Love can continually start to play like that and that becomes his norm, they have got a team that is really building. The only potential I should have maybe got is at running back where they're going to have to pick up. The next kind of next era running back somewhere. Um, but in terms of weight, uh, in terms of quarterback, they're set for the next few years. It's it's interesting <laughs> the fact that they've done all this without probably their two best weapons and Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. It's the yep. likes uh, Reed that stepped up who just yeah. seems to score a touchdown every week. Um, yeah, yeah. And who was it, Bo Melton or something like that, popped up last week with a touchdown for them? It's yep. ridiculous. The as Dan says, the wide receiving call they've got is frightening. Um, everybody was talking about Watson at the start of the season. Reed was probably a very, very deep sleeper, and even the most confident of fantasy players' leagues. Um, so these guys step them up week after week. It's just been, it's, it's been good to watch. Yeah, and their tight ends as well. They picked up Luke Musgrave um, in the draft. They also get injured. 
during the season, so it's been somebody else, another rookie that stepped up and Tucker Craft, I think, done. Yeah, Craft. Yeah, he, he had a good game last week. Every time I seen him get the ball getting caught by a tight end, it was him last week. He, yeah, he had a great game last week. Um, just getting hot at the right time. So, I I think Jordan Love should be able to just do enough. Yeah. I think that'll be one of the most exciting games of the week. Um, to to watch and. To see Lambo's always going to be jumping, but uh, the weather seemed to be a wee bit uh, snowy last week um, at the Bills game. I wonder if uh, it'll be the same over in is it Wisconsin? Is it? Yes. Um, Just on a mention on Lambo Field, did we all see the video of I cannot remember who it was now trying to do the Lambo leap the other week? Who was it? Did we see it and get rejected by the fans? Opposition player trying to do the Lambo leap and then fans just pushed him. <laughs> He just, he just jumped in. He just, I can't remember who it is. I need to find the bag. I, I see that. Somebody's trying to do a Lambo leap in the fans. Just, it was like rejected. It was like basketball was like rejected. Smashed them back <laughs> at the fans. Denied. Right, okay. Aye. Let's go for it. Let's give the, the crew kiss of death then. Uh, your predictions, gentlemen. So let's go for the AFC first of all. There are do, 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 three places up for grabs. We have the AFC South with the Jags. Colts and Texans in contention there. Who's going to get that that playoff spot? I will say Texans. Texans, Texans. who take on the Colts. Oh, that's yeah, nice. Texans win that. Extra space there, isn't it? Yeah, whatever takes that. Bills, or I think Bills are a stick on. And Texans on the road as well have to go to Indianapolis for that game, which will be. Ooh. Tasty. I think the Jags will get in um, because I think they'll even win. if they I lose, think I think the, the Titans winning. Sorry, I think they'll win. I think they'll beat the Titans this weekend. But even if they don't win, I think I don't think the Steelers beat the Ravens even without Lamar Jackson. I think the Steelers would have to win if the Jags lost. I just kind of see it. Even with the Ravens resting players, I still think it would be too much for. The Steelers, so I think the te- I think the way is te- Jaguars, Bills, Texans. I'm going. Uh, um, for yeah. me, uh, sorry, let me go, Keith. No, no, I'm just checking. Are you in agreement there? If an agreement in terms of uh, they're the three teams I think will make it in, I think the Bills will move into um, second. I think the Dolphins will slip into the wild card uh, for that Ooh. perspective. So you're going to see what what would that be then? That'd be Brown Browns at Jags, um, Texans at Bills, which I think will be a great game. Seeing yeah. CJ Stroud against Josh Allen, I think is would make for a great matchup. And then obviously you've got the Dolphins at Chiefs at Arrowhead. So aye, that's yeah. that's kind of what I want to see, and that's what I think will happen. That's all you want, isn't it? You want to see oh, Tyreek come I'll, home. I want some Tyreek back at Arrowhead just to shut him up. Uh, I think I think his home was looking bad when he went back the other day. Wait till you see even the turn then to, to, <laughs> to Arrowhead. <laughs> Fantastic. Right, what about the, the NFC then? So, Bucks uh, for the... Uh, they're in first position for the NFC South. You also have the Saints and the Falcons have a, a chance of... Uh, Making it in there, not really mentioned the Vikes or the Falcons or the Saints when we were looking over the, the teams in the bubble there. But, um, I think the Vikes, 
the fact I've got a really low percentage chance of getting in. Aye. 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 Even if they if win, they win. win, it's 11% if they win, yep. Uh, Falcons, if they win, it's 36%. Saints, 51% if they win. Um, Seahawks, if, if they win, 44%. Aye. Um, each of those teams have to win. So Saints are playing the Falcons and... Do you remember who's at home for that one? Saints. Falcons here. at Saints. Falcons are at the Saints. Ooh, what a party in New Orleans that would be. This is quite interesting because, and I can't see it happening, if the Bucks lose, they're out. <laughs> because either the Saints or the Falcons win, they win the division. Mm, I mean, they're not Carolina, the Bucks, Bucks are playing, but stranger things have happened. We've seen the, the Panthers doing things when they shouldn't be doing. I can't see. I think the Bucks do win, but that is a very fine margin. If the Bucks know they don't win, they are out. It's not a case of there's other clinching scenarios where if they lose, they can still get in. Yeah. If the Bucks lose, they are out. Yeah. Lovey Smith's not involved with the Panthers at all. He's not going to <laughs> just totally upset things again, is he? I think he must be the Cardinals after them picking up that win against the Eagles last week. <laughs> I don't think the Panthers can get out of the number one pick that they've gave to the Bears. Nah, it's I, the I don't know. <laughs> I do game lead. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I think it st- sticks as it is, Keith. I think I think Bucks and Packers get in, um, but it's the NFL. And stranger things have happened in the last game of the season. Would they be surprised to see the Saints and the Falcons win and get in? I wouldn't be surprised. I just can't see it happening. Yeah, I, I think the most likely scenario outside of it being the Bucks and Packers is probably Seahawks and Saints. I think that's your your most likely other scenario. Um, but again. The Bears could want it. They obviously will want to go to Lambeau and cause an upset. I just don't think the Packers are going to let it happen two years in a row. Um, destiny in their own hands, type thing. So for me, um, yeah, I think the Bucks Bakers look too good this year. Um, for me to go and mess it up now. So he's been unlucky with some of his results. I think he'll go to the Panthers and take care of the business. Um, and I think Jordan Love. Is yeah, he's he's looked great as well for the for the Packers. So I think he'll finish the job off and take his first steps into the playoffs. Just and a quick point on Shadow. Another quick point on the NFC is that the Rams can still drop to seven, and Sean McVay still decided that he's resting Stafford this week. Yeah, he's re- he's resting players against the 49ers. Well, he's also rest Pukanakua after he achieves the rookie yes. record. I think he has to get. Four more receptions. Is it 26, 26 yards or something like that? Four, four catches and 26 yards. Aye. It's both of them to make both records. But if you're looking at the Rams, so if the Rams drop, they basically they, they play the Cowboys in Dallas. At the moment, Actually, if they don't drop, they play, they play the, the Lions. Is that right? Wait a second. Cowboys would play seven. I think we'll get to all the once it's solidified, then we can we'll get a wee podcast looking at all the the, the playoff guess. teams and who's going where. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to that. Right. The only thing I'm worried about is the Bucks are having to travel to Charlotte to play the Panthers, and biggest danger there is that they're going to get a wee Jack Daniels and Coke in the eye or something like that for the <laughs> Panthers owner. <laughs> Aye. Baker, way, Baker's going to lead the boys to victory there. Right. So we're going for the Bucks and the Packers, just as it is just now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Just, just on that, I don't know if you've just seen the break. Have you seen the breaking news? It's just popped up about um, Dalvin Cook. Where's oh, it going? 
He's, he's a free agent, of course. Free agent, yep. This week, um, agreeing a deal with the Jets to get released. He is expected to sign with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. I think I called that earlier on in the week. I think I says... Oh, no, I, I Somebody mentioned about the Ravens being injured at running back. Aye. So, so they've lo- who they've are the injuries? Um, Keaton Mitchell, he was their young one that was coming through, so they've just got Gus Edwards and Justin uh, Justice Hill. What a week he had last week, Justice Hill. He was everywhere last mm-hmm. week. Aye. Gus, Gus Edwards just seems to vulture two and three yard touchdowns for him. Justice Hill's been doing the heavy lifting and Edwards has popped him into the end zone. <laughs> That's aye. There we go. Right, just to, to confirm it then, we're going to go for uh, the Bucks and the Packers to, to get in. Jags, Bills and Texans uh, for the, the AFC. Yeah, I think yeah. The, the we've agreed the order will change as well, Keith. I don't know if you're going to do a yeah, graph that, number, but the, the Bills are going no, to two. I think I agree the Bills are going to two. Amazing. Right, let's have Just a Just before I get slaughtered up. on that one, it was Stu and Brian that actually called for the Ravens. It wasn't me. I can't remind who I said now. Just because they will, <laughs> they will dig me up for it and says it was me that says it. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's have a wee look at the, some of the other games that we've got going on then. Um, you mentioned the, the Ravens, so they are um, at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, it's all to play for for the, the Steelers, but again, in the hands of other teams there. Um, Brown's already through, taking on the, the Bengals, who are out. Not really to say there, but not really yeah, the that much. It's really Jeff Driscoll. Well. What so was that, Dan? I says the Browns are starting Jeff Driscoll. We only picked him up last week and he's starting already. That's not bad. How much would you get for that? Just like, jump in for a, the, the one game. Must be getting a, a fair whack. Is he, was there no something about him, how much he's picked up as a backup? Um, it was uh, there's uh, it was him or Blau. I can't remember if it was Driscoll or Blau, but one of the two of them has picked up a ridiculous amount of money um, for being a career backup. I think it's in the twenty to thirty million range. Um, so yeah. it's just aye. <laughs> there was that. There was that. I remember. I remember reading this stat, and it was a ridiculous amount of money. Let me just see if I can find it. I'll, I'll come back. Come back to I'll me. I'll get the hate. I've not got the height. Neither is my, my darling wife. We've not got the height. So the, the boys are the going to be quarterbacks. They've got great arms on them, great throws. I'm thinking I'm training them up as long snappers or we have to work on their, their, their kitten. And I think that could be a nice wee nest egg just to, to lay off of. Get a wee Kyler, 5%. Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray and uh, Bryce Young are not exactly the tallest, let's be honest. <laughs> I've got it. I've got the start. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniels. He that has made that. five starts in his NFL career. And he has made over forty million dollars. Wow! There we go. I knew it was. I knew it was one of the guys that had been at like career backup. Yeah, forty million dollars. You've got to pay some people with that. That that would be gone. Good agent. That's tax, what that is. Tax his agent. The thing with that was making a fair whack out. He knows how to hold that clipboard. That's what it is. He knows how to hold that clipboard properly. That's that's what the pays the big bucks. <laughs> Man. Getting paid that much for a really crap view of the game as well. That's that's pretty special. Right. Uh, who else we got? Um other teams have got New York, uh, Jets are taking on the New England Patriots. Always a, a tasty game that one. Uh, a couple of crew members were at that one last year. Um and it was absolutely different until it was a high school game. Punt return. The punt return in the last 
30 seconds or something. To, to, to yeah, walk off one type thing. Uh, ah, again, I think the Patriots are just looking too fast forward. I think the biggest disappointment they've had this week is uh, hearing that Mike Vrabel's got another year of his contract still to go. <laughs> Uh, another kicking the nuts for those guys. Um, who else we got? Uh, oh, Broncos um, travelling to uh, to Vegas. Um, hi again. Just not much to play for there, but we bit of pride there. Really, it's, yeah. it's just that's a divisional game. Am, am I right? I'm Are all still... divisional games this week? Final weeks always divisional games. They done it. Yeah, done it in still the recent years. Um, they made them all divisional games, so it's. Uh, I but I get Eagles at New York could be interesting, but again, I think mm-hmm. I'd expect the Eagles to probably rest their players, especially with Hurts having niggles all season. But then you could see Marcus Mariota um, for the first time since he abandoned the Falcons to to be with his wife at the birth of their child. They hit him and got. Basically, get binned off the Falcons for it. So I read about Nick Sari. Nick Sariani's already accepted the Cowboys will get number two seed, and he's probably going to rest players. Oh, actually, but, I actually was, that could still flip flop. Yeah, and the Giants did beat them earlier on in the season as well, though, didn't they? Uh, two no, weeks ago, the, no. Jet, the Jets beat them. Oh, was it Jets? Jets. I don't play the Giants two weeks ago. It was close. Right. It was closer than it should have been. The Eagles it won. Was. Right. Okay. We got um. Chiefs versus Chargers. Again, just really. I expect Tra- Travis, Travis Kelsey will play to try and break, keep his streaky a thousand yards up, but as soon as he hits that, he's getting pulled off the field. I would expect. Yeah. I think we've only really got about then, three games that actually mean anything this week for a push. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. looking at them, they get. We've obviously mentioned the the Falcons at the the Saints could be. A game that could go to, towards the playoffs. Bucks need to win. Packers need to win. And but but with Miami, that's probably the only three games that you can really say. Uh, sorry, Texans Colts. Yeah, Texans Colts. So yeah, before, before games that actually got something really properly riding on it. What do you, right? So I've got a question for you then. Um, before we move on to our fantasy studs and sleepers, well, our studs and sleepers for the week, would you would you be resting players, um, just now, or would you like to like maintain the momentum? There's different ways of looking at it. Is it's a good idea to get your guys a wee bit of like recharge their energy and um, get the batteries recharged a wee bit? Any niggling injuries, just let them like heal up a wee bit, or is it better just to keep them in that match? Sharp, ready to go, going out to war every week, just battling, battling, battling on studs. What would you do? For for me, I think the way the way the NFL works, I think you need to listen to your players first and foremost. Um, mm-hmm. If they are telling you they've got niggles, then the easy option is just sit them down. If they've got something on the line, like a monetary aspect to their contract, um, or they've got. A, a record to get, as I'd mentioned there with Travis Kelsey's looking to get to a thousand yards for the season. Let because that's probably again it probably goes hand in hand with his contract. There's probably something in his uh, contract to see he'll get a two million bonus if he hits a thousand yards. Um, so you're helping these guys from that perspective. Yeah, it's a risk if they get injured, but again, these guys are 
putting their body on the line every single week. So they're wanting to, the incentives are there for them to hit, and that's what they yeah. want to hit every season. So I think you listen to our play, players, for me, if there is a niggle, it's a sit-down shot straight away. There's no discussion on it. Um, if they've got a contract incentive, then let them play to hit that incentive and then sit them down after that. Okay, when okay, we got a couple of years ago when he was mic'd up, and he went to Tom Brady and just said, I need one more catch for a million dollars. And yep. I don't think the play call was even to Gronk, but I think Brady still was, got it to him. It was like, that was, was the, the Bucks. Was it I, the Bucks? It was one of the last plays of the game or something like that, the season, whatever it was. Or, That's right. And he, he, he got him that one catch and got him a million. Because he was mic'd up for the game, and I went to the middle, go to the sideline, telling everybody just get a million dollars for that one catch. <laughs> uh, for me, I Amazing. think it on the team. I, I agree with Studge. If players have got injuries, then yeah, 100%. But if you're a team like, for example, um, the Packers, right? Let's say the Packers had already secured the playoffs, right? I think with a team like them who are building momentum and going into the playoffs, I think you, you keep your players in. Maybe not for the full game, but three quarters at least. Get get keep the momentum going, keep the players gelling. I think a team like that, then play them. Somebody like the Ravens, rest them. Do you know what I mean? I think it all depends on the scenario. I remember a couple of years back, the Cowboys done it. They had the rest of the players and they lost the last game of the season. Any playoffs, and it just didn't happen. The, the first game, but it wasn't done. And the chat was always you shouldn't have arrested the players because we were building momentum up coming into the end of the season, and you basically broke that momentum even just for that week. Um, yeah. So I think it depends on your scenario and your situation you're in. If you are way out in front and you know, like the 49ers, like the Ravens, so the Chiefs to an extent, but they know they're not going to be caught and they don't really need the momentum as such, then you rest them. But something like the Packers, teams like that, that are in. The Rams, I, I, I can understand them resting Stafford, but I think the Rams will play the majority of their, their starters to an extent for most of the again, just to keep that momentum going towards the playoffs. You're probably wanting somebody like Cup to kind of keep going as well, because obviously he's missed a fair bit of time for inju- from injury. So you're wanting yep. him to keep the momentum going of being up to match speed, um, essentially. And then, again, we know, we've mentioned about Puka, as, as I say, the records are on the line for him. So yep. I, I do, again, I'm, I do agree with what Dan's saying as well. If you're, you're a momentum team, for me, the now the Chiefs haven't been great on offence. So you could take the first two quarters and play your starters and try and build a little bit of momentum um, for going into the um, wild card round and use mm-hmm. those use those first two quarters similar to a pre-season game. Use yeah. the two quarters, play your starters, and try and build a little bit of momentum into your team, um, and then get the guys off. Or if it's not working in the first quarter, get them off. Um, do you know what I mean? And take it back to the practice field. Yeah. Would it be better not to bring them on then for the maybe the fourth quarter? Just so the other team maybe that wee bit more tired, um, you're you're hoping that the that I, I would more... say no based on the fact that you're going to have them sitting for three quarters and then you're risking injury by bringing them in for that last quarter. Aye. Aye. It's like the the and go behind the, the, the and warm up and do the the stretches and yeah. that. No, I'm with Dan on that one. Keep their legs going. I mean, so I think that that's. That would have the opposite uh, impact, I think. Aye, I'm, I'm with Dan on that one. You, see, you start them, and the thing is as well, you're not going to be putting them against a, a team that's fatigued, if you like, when you get into the wildcard round. You're going to be putting them against the starters for that other team, so who are going to be fresh. So you want them going against the best the other team's got to offer, essentially. What you've also got to think as well is the matchup you've got. Whoever you're playing against, that defence could have backups playing. Because if they've got nothing to play for, they're going to give these guys a bit of game time. 
So, like, let's prove a got. So, the Seahawks against the Cardinals, for example, the Cardinals probably won't put their full strength defense out because, what like, they don't need. Do you know what I mean? So, you get the guys in against backups for the first couple of quarters and just kind of keep them going, get a couple of catches, get a bit of momentum, what Stud says for the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I say it all depends on the situation and the team that's going at, but I can see it from both sides. Okay. Good, 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 good. Right, you, let's move on then to. I was going to say, before you do the fantasy ones, I do have a point about the Arrowhead Invitational. I know I, okay. I do always harp on about it, and we've mentioned the fact that it's on tour this year, potentially. Right. What ref's fault was it? What ref's fault? <laughs> not, not at all. I'm not going to blame a ref on this one. What I was going to say is, do you remember the last time that the, the Arrowhead Invitational was at risk and who the number one seed was that year? Ooh, no, I don't. I'm going so, to guess it must be the Ravens, or you wouldn't be making this point, I'm guessing. No, no, it was actually the Tennessee Titans. It was the year the Titans finished the oh. number one overall um, in the AFC, and they went and guffed it up and got beat in the divisional round. So I've already said that I think it'll be the Bills versus the Texans, and I think the Bills are going to go one and done, which then means you're looking at the Texans versus the Ravens. And the number two seed's already going to be out in the wild card round, so that would just mean the Texans need to beat the Ravens, and then the Arrowhead Invitational would be back on because if the Texans beat the Ravens, your new number one seed's the Chiefs. So it's not that it's not out of the realms of possibility that it's back at Arrowhead again. What you're so calling that is clutching at straws. That's exactly <laughs> what you call that. So do you so do you think the Bills the Texans could beat the Bills? Yes. Do you think they're good enough to beat the Ravens? No. 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 Well, no. time will tell. There we go. I think it'll be a cracking <laughs> game. It'll be an absolute cracker of a game to go to the divisional round and then the two of them play against each other. Yeah. I can't. There, it's probably I'd maybe say a year, maybe two years early for the Texans, but things, the prizes happen, you know, I mean, injuries happen, whatever. But if you put I both teams side by side right now, the Ravens win it. Maybe I, not comfortably, I, but the Ravens win it. I think if Dale was playing, I'd have more confidence in the Texans' offense. I think the fact that he's missing Noah Brown's been great as a backup, but uh, he's not he's not as good as Tag Dale's been this year. Nah. But just yeah, to say I that think... it is still potentially there is still that optimism that it may go through. That, that's what me saying. Cook run right over them. I mean, who, who have we got in the NFC? Sorry for a second. That's what me saying. The NFC Championship game could go through Dallas. Oh, I, mean, could, I, I don't know, but I'm saying who's going to beat the 49ers with the rest of the teams? The Rams Eagles, is it not? Is the Rams no got McVeigh's number? Uh, sorry, Shanahan's number. Oh, you never know. Mm. You never know. But that means the Rams need to beat potentially us if Guys, we don't win. Again. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. Right. Okay. Fantasy studs and sleepers. Um, fantasy season's over. I don't know about how you guys did. I, I had. Um, Mixed mixed bag. Um, I got another jobby ball uh, trophy. Doing, doing the, the, I'm going for the three peat basically this year, <laughs> and I can't see anybody beat me <laughs> to it again. So I, I, it's uh, been a bit of a mixed bag, but I've done done well in other leagues. But um, I need to get better. Need to get really totaled into my my um, my drafting in the off season here. Hopefully we'll be able to get some people that are really good at the college football and we'll get some podcasts uh, done by the, the crew and I'll be able to steal some pick ideas from, from those. Um, stay tuned for them. Right, Dan, I'm coming to you for the top QB 
for, let's see, who's your stud and who's your sleeper? And listen, I'm not one of these ones where this sleeper is just someday it's really, really good, but you're, you're, no, you're no, that's, that's, that's not the sleeper. Sleeper is something proper, you don't, you wouldn't sleeper, right? Right, so exactly. my, my, my stud was going to be a homer pick, and then I thought about it, I thought, there's no way Dak Prescott finishes that full game. Um, I think we get, up by a certain score, he gets pulled. <clears throat> um, so I, I changed it to Josh Allen because he's the only quarterback <laughs> playing this week that um, is, a, is a stud. Um, you know what I mean? That's, well, yeah, no, I don't. I, see, I think Josh Allen will do better than maybe a CJ Stroud at Indianapolis. I think it'll be a tight game. So I know that probably is a tight game, but yeah, go Josh Allen from a stud. Uh, sleeper is a complete sleeper. Someone that wasn't even going to be starting, uh, if you'd asked last week. And we go with Carson Wentz. Purely for yes. the fact that I think, as we mentioned, the Rams won't pull all their starters. I think they'll, they'll have Nakua and Cooper couple stay in. Um, Kyron Williams will probably play a lot of the game. So I think he'll pick, he, if, if this was a fantasy week, uh, I think Carson Wentz would be a good shout to pick up a decent amount of points. But yeah, so Carson Wentz, why not? And for running back then, uh, Studs, coming to you. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to go, I suppose they're probably both sleepers because I would say that they'll either be run about the free agency wire um, in both mm-hmm. scenarios. And again, it's similar to what Dan is talking about with Carson Wentz. CMC isn't going to play this week. So I think, well, the obvious one is that you're going to unleash the missile in Elijah Mitchell um, for the 49ers. So I think he'll have a good game, whether it be volume, whatever it may be. Um, I think he'll have a good game. And the other one, I th- can see Pacheco getting rested, um, which would then leave Clyde Edwards Hillier to have the backfield to himself with Blaine Gabbert. Um, and I think he'll have a good game as well. Because the Chargers defence is rotten against the run. Do you know what would be hilarious this week? See if receivers caught every pass at Blaine Gabbert through. Who would it be to, fo- to blame for all the drops? <laughs> No, no comment. Uh, <laughs> right, I'm hit for top wide receivers. We've mentioned them earlier on. They've got a, an important game, and I think it's really time for for him to to, to continue. He's he's dominance in the the wide receiver position. And that's Mike Evans. Him and Baker, I think, are going to be cooking this weekend. So looking forward to him. And someone else that we mentioned earlier on as well. His team really needs him to step up, especially with the injuries that they've got, and he's. Seems to just like you say, always uh, pops up with a touchdown and getting some good yardage as well. And that's the Green Bay Packers, Jaden Reed, is my sleeper. Uh, Deadly Steve Dan, who is your stud and sleeper for the defense? I'm the man with tight ends. Probably have missed, <laughs> missed it then. Studs, over here. <laughs> I was going to say, because I'd looked at defences and then I had a quick scan at the, at the notes you'd sent <laughs> over and I had me as tight ends, so I'm sitting scrolling for tight ends here. <laughs> um, so for me, again, we've, we've kinda, I'm going to jump on your bandwagon. We've mentioned Baker, we've mentioned the box, we've mentioned Mike Evans. They're playing Carolina. Carolina yeah. have been utter dross on offence. The obvious choice for me in defence is the Bucks. Um, the other one that I think could maybe cause a wee surprise. Um, I don't want to say the Cardinals because I just I, my heart's not in the Cardinals actually producing. Oh, anything God, that is, that 
Um, again, the Jets, I don't know if you can really call them a sleeper as such because their defence mm-hmm. is so good and they're going up against the Patriots. Um, so maybe the Bucks is a sleeper and then you've got the Jets as your stud, to be honest, because the Jets' defence has probably been what's what's been positive for them this year. Okay, I'll give you that one. I was got a bit veto that there, but no, I'm happy with that. Jets, of course, flip, flip around. Relied. <laughs> yeah, they've definitely relied on their, their D this season. Top tight end then, Dan. Uh, again, probably one of the only matchups that actually means something. He's not, do you know what? He's not hit the heights I think he's expected to this season, but um, I think the, the Bills are going to really need him this weekend against the, uh, the Dolphins. So I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid for the stud. Mm-hmm. Sleeper. That was, that, this one again, I debated again about how long are we going to keep the starters in the game this weekend was where I was kind of thinking about. So I had originally went with Jake Ferguson, but with the same mm-hmm. logic, Jake, it's always got to be Jake. So he's he's always in there every, every week. I have changed it. I'm changing it because I think again, like Dak, I think we get to a certain point in that game. If we are in the lead, he gets pulled and Peyton Hendershot and whoever else is going to show McCure. I think he's still there. So I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. I was going to say Dalton Schultz, and you you'd gone there. Yeah, Dalton Jones, he's, he's been good for the Texans this year again, but since uh, Tank Dale went down, he, him and Noah Brown have both stepped up to kind of pick up that, that share that uh, the Tank Dale drop off, so yeah, I'm going to go Dalton Jones. Like, like that shout, to be fair, I thought Pitts was one that would, was maybe, because I think he's but he's looked better the last kind of two to three weeks, I think he scored a touchdown last week as well, so yeah. maybe, and Arthur and Arthur's misuse of Bijan, he seems to maybe have found use for Kyle Pitts. Um, so, but aye, Dalton Schultz, I like that one better than Pitts, to be fair. I think the Pitts one you'd be watching like that. <laughs> you'd you, you, you um, pick your fantasy team and they'd just throw all the passes to Bijan Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, this is what everybody's been waiting for. The, thanks very much for everyone who has been viewing and live and uh, everyone listening in. You've been waiting for this. Who's going to be the stud and sleeper kickers uh, for week 18? <laughs> um, and you guys should probably guess who, who I'm going for. For my stud I know who here. you're going um, for already. Listen, last he had week. a bad week last week. He had a yeah, bad I week. I had my fantasy made, was shocking last week. He had made Did one of the three field goal attempts. Made one of the three field goal attempts in both of his extra point uh, tries during Sunday's 37 17 loss to the Bears. So it's time for a wee resurrection for, for Youngway Q. And uh, he's going to be my, my stud for this week. And for my sleeper. I'm going to go for, again, it's, it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a game that's going to mean something. And I'm going for Anders Carlson um, of the Green Bay Packers. Big fan of his brother um, at the Raiders. Um, but I think Anders is starting to come on to a game a wee bit himself. Um, and this is going to be his breakout. I think he's got to uh, put the, the bears to the, the sword on Sunday. Super guy. Did I share the video about Young Wee Koo on the group chat? It was he a, did. A it was terrific. I think I cheered it or not. It was a great video. It, um, it was just a nice wee feel good story about how this wee guy from South Korea came over and it was his way of integrating it. I think he'd started off as a soccer player, um, yeah. but then he would see the, the guys playing um, American football and he get involved. And uh, his way of try to play a wee bit more with them and spend more time with them and his English wasn't that good and he, he wanted to say can I hang out with you at the weekend 
And the thing he said to them was, uh, I'm bored. And that's what <laughs> opened it up for him. And it's just, it was magic to hear just how they got him involved. Again, another story of transition for our football soccer into the NFL. So, you never know, there's, there's, there's hope for um, a few Scottish guys in, in there that he can make the transition over. There's one of the Irish guys, of course. The Irish NFL boys have been um, bigging him up all year. Uh, I think he's pa- at the practice pa- 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 as well. Pa- 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 Daniel, I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Yeah. Is key. I know, it's, an, uh, it's annoyed me. It's went right out my head. But um, I think that's the listen. That's what we aim for, right? We've got, got our young ones just coming well. now. Yep. Can I yep. forget the Scottish Hammer, Jamie Gillen? Exactly. Jamie Gillen and Gano as well. Gano, yeah. Listen, that's that's how we get in. That's how we make our name for ourselves. Uh, finest <laughs> export since uh, whiskey from Scotland. Well, we to, keep to, to send our uh, crew um, games. Videos to uh, NFL scouts. We need to, we need to get that done. Legendary. That's that's off season. We're gonna get a we we day down at um, Palace Grounds in Hamilton. I think we're quite a quite stink the place. The crew combine. I think that's what you call it. The crew combine. We're not really selling the stereotypes here for Scotland. Here we just like to kick stuff as hard as we can. Sponsored by Marini's Chip Shop and stuff like that. <laughs> Superb. Guys, this has been fun. Great fun. Um, we've had a wee bit of a break over the Christmas holidays, but it's brilliant to be back. Just a shame that the, the season's come to the end, but that's what we've been waiting for. This is where the, the excitement really, really ramps up when we get to the, the off-season, uh, the, the playoffs and then the divisional rounds and then the Super Bowl. It's nearly here. We've got another month of full football ahead of us and the crew's going to be there for you. Guys, thank you very much for joining me tonight. It's been an absolute blast. Dan, thank you. Cheers. Thanks very much. And to steal a phrase from uh, Scott Hansen, we're getting to the witching hour of the season. <laughs> witching hour of the absolute yeah, studs. Thanks very much. No hassles, man. Always a pleasure. You're away to, to play your flight simulator now, by the looks of it, with your wee headphones on there. <laughs> I know. Got, got it sitting in the back and the laptop behind. To be fair, at least, at least he'd be allowed to be a captain on like Jair Alexander. It's <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the fact again... that he really messed up the call as well. <laughs> the referee had to, had um, to check where we'd say to him, do you mean the fair? It's like, ah, that's what I said, defence. <laughs> There we go. I've been Keith McGinty. Thanks very much for, for watching and for listening. You can follow the crew on X, Instagram, um, threads. We're all over the place. Just uh, if you search at Gridiron Crew, that's I R N C R U. Bit like Iron Brew, but don't tell them. Um, you'll be able to get us anywhere that you download your podcast from. Um, yeah, and we'll be back next Monday, I believe. The review crew will be meeting to discuss the, the finest aspects and all the, the end results of week 18. So thanks very much for listening, and we'll speak to you again next week. <laughs>